Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure. Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And of course, they have Junior Bergen t-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. If you're planning a meeting, conference, or special event in Missoula, consider the Wingate by Wyndham. Our event space is comfortable and flexible. Whether you need an intimate boardroom meeting or a conference war 100, Missoula's Wingate is the perfect fit. Our audio-visual equipment, upgraded internet, and flexible food and beverage policies allow you to put on an impressive show without breaking the bank. Call us at Missoula's Wingate, where we make you feel at home when you're not. Coulter, the least interesting game in the Big Sky Conference on Saturday on the women's side of things was in Missoula, where the <laughs> Lady Grizz thumped Sacramento State 90-45. to It was also, though, the, though it was the game of least interest, it was the game of most consequence for the Lady Grizz. You're absolutely having to get a win. They got it easily. Montana State, they don't need a win. They got it anyway because that's what they do. But for the first time, they didn't score 1 million points. They scored 73, which is actually still a lot. But they're down 16 in the second half, 73-71. NAU, after losing in Missoula to the Lady Grizz, rallying in a big way, and it was one versus two in that gym uh, in in Bozeman at the brick between the Lady Cats, uh, Montana State, and uh, Northern Arizona. Uh, But Montana State found a way ultimately to get a two-point win, so a very close game, and yet not that much upshot there. Montana State still the Big Sky Conference champions. I guess you don't undo that. Definitely a detrimental win from NAU, detrimental weekend for NAU. They came yeah. in alone in second place. They get swept, and now they are sitting at 12-7. and seven. So they are one game ahead of Montana in the win column, just a half a game overall ahead of Montana for fourth place. They're behind Idaho State by a game in the loss column, and they are now a full game and a half behind Idaho. Mm-hmm. A game behind in the win column, two games behind in the loss column. So NAU, uh, just with one conference game remaining at Portland State on Thursday, they have a lot of work to not I shouldn't say a lot of work to do, but it becomes a little bit of a different scenario for NAU because they were in, uh, sitting there alone in second, and now they're fighting it out, scrapping it out in the middle of the league. But Trisha Benford, after the game, uh, my brother was reporting for us for SkylineSportsMT.com, and Coach Benford said, "Yeah, this is this is the luxury of one having five seniors and two having already cut down the nets." She said, I went into the halftime locker room. They were down. I think Montana State hit a three with 
couple seconds remaining in the first half to cut the halftime deficit uh, to 40 to 26. It would have been 40 to 23 at halftime. Yeah. And Coach Benford said, I, I walked in the locker room and said, I'm so happy this is happening right now. She said, now we get a chance to prove our mettle. We've been scoring 100 points for three weeks in a row. Yeah. Now we have a test. Show me what you got. Let's pretend this is the tournament. Let's pretend we're on the ropes. The season's over after this. What they do? They buckled down, got stop after stop after stop after stop, and they win. And, you know, first and foremost, I thought they got off to a slow start. I watched this game, and I thought they got off to a slow start because you talk about the emotions of a senior day. Particularly for this group of Montana State mm-hmm. girls, they they bookended their careers with championships. They won as freshmen, now they won as seniors. And women's basketball has been popular, but not on par with Montana until the last five years. And we've really seen it shift since Robin Selvig retired and Trisha Binford took over uh, basically the top of the mountain when it comes to Montana basketball coaches, just in terms of how long she's been around and the consistent success of her program. And we've seen the attendance at Montana State games go from 1,000, which is really good for the big sky, to now they had 2,300 there on Saturday. And these girls have helped build it. I think Benford has recruited an appealing style of basketball player. I mean, whether it's Oleana Squires or Darian White, she's got girls that are really fun to watch play. But you could just see the seniors... They were just they, they were all emotional wrecks at the beginning of this game. They knew it was their last time and they were crying and it was it was not good and it didn't cater to a good start. And Bidford said as much. She said, you know, I looked at my assistants and said, This is gonna be really interesting to see how this goes. Yeah. But then you're down fourteen at halftime and you can just kind of slap them in the face and say, Hey, wake up. The emotional part of this is over. We gotta buckle down. And then they did. So I thought in terms of testing their metal, it was actually an ideal scenario for Montana State, because that's the last thing they needed was an, another test, even yeah. though they've already got the number one seed. The most consequential part of this game, the fact that they won their 17th league game. Now, this is only the second year that the league has had 20 league contests, so it comes with a, a little bit of a caveat. Yeah. But regardless, 17 league wins, no matter if you're playing 18 games like the previous schedule was, or now 20 games, it's a very impressive number, and it's the all-time record for victories in the Big Sky Conference. On the Montana... On the Lady Grizz side, they had to have it. But this Sac State team, man. Well, let's I, – I don't even want to analyze this, this, this game. Because well, the, the no, game no, – I, I, you need to – everybody needs to know one piece of analysis. Okay. The entire part – oh, Sac State, they have their goals, right? Yeah. 100 shots, 53s, 40% of the offensive rebounds. The, the whole linchpin to the offensive rebounding is Kennedy Nicholas. She's the best offensive rebounder in the entire conference. She did not play in this game. If you don't have the most important piece of a – haphazard gimmicky system, you're going to get killed. And they did. They got doubled up. So, I mean, you can hang your hat on whatever you want. It was not an impressive win. You, The Lady Grizz even said so afterwards. They were just kind of like, okay, well, we got it done. Yeah. On to the next. But here nor there, they swept the weekend and they're still in position for That's the That's right. I mean, they, they, they did the same thing to Sacramento State that Montana State did. And they beat Northern Arizona handily, frankly. I mean, they dominated three the, the final three quarters of that basketball game against NAU. This is what I want to talk about about the Lady Grizz, Colton, because they're in fifth place. They're in the slotted in now for the, the, the that last spot in the bye. And they are a game ahead of Southern Utah, who they play, okay, in Missoula. But the thing that I want to kind of take a look at here 
for the, I, excuse me, not in, in Missoula, in, in Cedar City. They go on the road. They finish at Southern Utah. Montana winning these two games, which they had to have, is uh, obviously a good thing for them. They're at 11-7. and seven. Okay, that's, that's okay. The NAU win, I thought, was, was probably the most impressive win of the conference season, maybe of the season period for the Lady Grizz, because it was a good team that they had to have it. And what Montana has been doing is, to me, a lot of what Montana State men have been doing, which is beating the teams you have to beat and should beat. And also they've been, as we know, much better at home. And then they lose to teams that are just the better teams in the conference, the exception being they beat Idaho in Missoula and got that win. But the uh, the flip side of that is they lost. To, they got swept by Idaho State this season. It did. So, you know, the wins against Weber State and Eastern Washington are just, they, they just don't matter because everyone is beating them. Nobody's losing to Eastern Washington and Weber State except each other. Okay, so... Th- those those are four. Everybody's beating Weaver. Those are four empty wins, man. Like it just is, and it's not for just. It's for everybody. For the other nine teams, that's just the reality of it. The rest of the slate, though, of the games that matter, the only analysis is: are are, are they at home or on the road? Basically, that's the analysis. And now they have to go on the road and play Northern Colorado and then Southern Utah. And these two games are going to. I mean, they're going to determine the season for the Lady Grizz. Northern Colorado is eight and ten. Okay, so they're out of it. They don't. They don't have a chance to get a buy. Okay, so I don't know what they're going to bring to the table. You know, at uh, you know in Greeley on Thursday. This is a huge. Or excuse me. I guess it's Wednesday, right? They're doing this a day early this week for yep. the women because they start. But this is a monstrous game for the Lady Grizz. Because they are a game up on Southern Utah for the fifth and final spot in Boise for a bye, okay? To have a game ahead, I mean, they they could potentially clinch the bye if Southern Utah was to lose on Wednesday, okay, to Montana State, right? So Montana State, if they go and do what they've been doing and beat Southern Utah, which is what you kind of expect to happen, Montana can clinch a bye on Thursday. That's huge. You don't want to go to Cedar City and be even, or, or even both coming in on losses and have to win that basketball game to get the bye. Things are setting up well for the Lady Grizz right here, particularly because Montana State is their travel partner. So they but are. But you can't assume they're going to beat Northern Colorado either. Northern Colorado won in Missoula. No, you absolutely can't. But I'm just saying. You, it sets up well for them because Southern Utah is really the team they're competing against. Now, right. Southern Utah has to play Montana State, who's only lost one. Who knows what happens down the stretch? You know, or you rest and play. I don't, I don't know how it's going to go. But you like Montana State, of course, to win that basketball game, which would help Montana tremendously if they were to do that. But then Montana has to win, like you said, uh, uh, against Northern Colorado to seal it up. And if they don't, it comes down to a one-game scenario in Cedar City. And I just don't, you know, who knows how that thing plays out. And if with, with a game lead... And Southern Utah having to play the number one team in the Big Sky and then play you if you're the Lady Grizz, you have to find a way to get a buy. I mean, your season rests in the balance. Coulter, you have a business, and your business is based in the World Wide Web. Indeed I do. So I'm on my computer all the time. And if you're not online, you're not making money, and it is important to make sure that you're online and secure. Am I right? Absolutely. Got to be cyber safe this day and age. 
Well, for you business owners out there, whether you have an online business or a brick-and-mortar business, it's still running through the web. We all know that's a fact. And in today's always-on world, your business demands a simpler approach to network security. At Blackfoot Communications, they deliver state-of-the-art security solutions from the perimeter to the endpoint devices and remote data backup for businesses across the state of Montana. They do. They're keeping everybody cyber secure and ensuring that businesses run the way that they need to across the state. So ensure your company's network is online all the time. For more information, visit goblackfoot.com slash business. That's goblackfoot.com slash business. And you can click the link right here in the old podcast. We've made it so very easy for you. Go visit and find out how to keep your business or the business of people you know secure online with Blackfoot. You get the four, you get the five, you get a day off, but you have to play the four or the five. If you get the six, you don't have to play the four or the five. You get to play, I guess, you probably play a higher-seeded team, but I guess it just all comes down to matchup. But I just want to, here's my question for you. They would play perhaps Northern Arizona, something like that. Here's my question for you. Yeah. The Lady Grizz are not going to finish higher than fourth. Is it the fourth or the fifth? Yeah. So which one it is is inconsequential because you're going to get the bye and you're going to play the other team. I mean, it is mathematically possible they get to three, but it's not. It's just unlikely. it's It's unlikely. What's a better case scenario for this Lady Grizz team, though? To get the six and play one of those rollovers, Eastern Washington or Weber State, likely Weber State, who at this exact moment has lost 14 games in a row and are Mm -hmm. losing their games by an average margin of 18 points per game, Mm -hmm. and then have to play the three seed, maybe whether it be Idaho State or Northern Arizona? Because you're going to play one of the same teams no matter what. So my question for you is, is it better to beat up on somebody on Monday and then Tuesday turn around and play a similar team or sit there for an extra day, get the bye, but also still play one of those teams that's in the cluster? I'm still going to go with the bye for two reasons. Now, if you play on the Tuesday, Wednesday is an off day. Is that right in the women's tournament? And then Thursday, Friday is the semifinal and championship. I believe that's the way they've set it up. Yeah, I think it goes... Women, women, men, mixed, mixed championships. You could make the argument that the bye is not as important on the women's side as it is in the men's because it's not, you wouldn't have to play potentially four games in four days. You would have the day off in the middle. To me, for the Lady Grizz, this has not been at all about the talent on a team. This season, it hasn't been about health by and large, which is a good thing. Sophia Styles certainly has has been banged up but you know none none of this season ending stuff to their absolute best players and all that kind of thing it's been two things it's been coaching and mental state and if you and that's why i asked you the question because montana has not won a a game at the at the big side tournament under shannon swain none i understand that so so getting any win even if you beat up on Weber State, at least teaches uh, the core group of girls that has played in this tournament many times together that you can. But I I just think there is a mental edge to having a bye, to not playing, not even a mental edge. I think there's a real mental loss to not ending up with a bye at this point when you're sitting here. When you've been talking about that being your goal. Absolutely. And the other thing is, Coulter, and we say, you know, I got through sitting here just being very flippant about Eastern Washington and Weber State, and it seems inconceivable. But when a tournament rolls around and it's a one-game thing, who knows? There's weird stuff that happens, man. 
and you just don't want anything to do with some sort of weird scenario with where all of a sudden you're in, you know, a six-point game in the fourth quarter with one of these terrible teams, and all of a sudden the tension and the tightness and all of that, like, it, it seems crazy, right? But but if you don't want anything to do with that. Now, maybe you just come in and you roll them up by 35 and say, see you later, and everybody's resting in the second half, and then you're in a great spot in a lot of ways, and that's fine, you know, potentially. But I'm not sitting here going, I'm never, I'm never going to make anything a guarantee in a tournament situation. I got to correct myself, too. The final year in Reno, the Lady Grizz actually did beat Sacramento State in mm. an 8-9 game and then got routed by number one Northern Colorado. So okay. they have won a game in a neutral site. Yep. That actually takes away from, from my point, because I do think that winning a game but I, can I, sometimes help. I consider, I, I know it doesn't technically count, right? But, I mean, getting a bye is a win in the tournament. I mean, getting a bye is a win in the tournament, in any tournament. And so right, and it's so hard to play the the fishing for matchups game because if you were to look at those middle teams, like who does Montana not want to play? I think they do want to play Northern Arizona, even though they swept them this year. Two and zero. The notion is it's hard to beat a three a team yeah. three times in a row, but they also have the confidence that they beat them twice in a row. Yeah. All I'm saying is, if I'm the Lady Grizz, and I think Lori Payne's doing a great job, but when it comes down to these single elimination neutral site tournaments. The last two coaches I want to play, men or women, are John Newley and Seton Sobolewski. Those two guys are the best neutral neutral site, one game got to have it coaches mm-hmm. in the Big Sky, men or women. I mean, John Newley has won this thing and then went to the championship without being the right. one seed. Seton Sobolewski's played in the championship twice and then played in the semifinals twice more without ever being anything. I mean, they played in the championship as the nine seed one year. He yeah. knows how to win and get his team ready for this style so you want to avoid those teams if you can't, but there's no way that you can. No, you can't. You got to just chase the best case the, scenario. The, the other thing too, Coulter, is if you get a buy, you win one game, you're in the final four. You're in, you're the, in the final four, and then all of a sudden, which is, the, with a day off and the whole, and that looks great for your program everything. because now all of a sudden you're a final four team, gotta so you go, can take that. Got to go get it. Th- this so, is the future of our program. Yeah, yeah, but it it it, you know, the time is now. The time is now. For, for, for the Lady Grizz. Two Telenuanas, 102.9 ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. On the other side, we'll get back into some combine stuff and a coaching change uh, on the staff. The University of Montana football team will tell you who is out and who is in. It's a tight ends coach. I'll tell you that. Yes, Coulter. I have a question about Dante Olson for okay. you as okay. well. So we will do more NFL combine, some Grizz football staff movement, as well as some around the big sky on the men's side. Yep. And maybe one more thing. What I saw, I was thinking about this a little bit during the break, too, uh, when it comes to the Montana-Sacramento State men's basketball game. We'll get to all of it. We'll have some fun. We'll do it right after. You know, guests, the Wingate by Wyndham is the Missoula Hotel that truly offers something for everybody. No doubt. It's conveniently located near the airport, easy for when your friends come to visit you. And you know, of course, my favorite, water slides. That's right. They got an awesome water park with a sweet water slide that's perfect for families, groups, and birthday parties. But with the Wingate, they also have a terrific business travel rate, large meeting spaces for you and your clients, and one of the best rewards programs you'll find anywhere. 
Talk to me about breakfast. They're not messing around with the Continental. They got the full breakfast spread, man. That's what I'm talking about. I need that. They got you covered there as well. Just down the road from the Missoula Airport, the location is quiet and convenient. The parking is ample and free, and the staff genuinely cares about taking care of their guests. The Wingate is at 5252 Airway Boulevard. You can also call. Very simple, easily memorizable number, 541-8000. That's 541-8000. The best hotel at the best spot for a hotel near the airport. Let the Wingate by Wyndham in Missoula make you feel at home, even when you're not. For the first time in what is heading into year number three of the second tenure of the Bobby Houck era, we have turnover on the coaching staff. Tight ends coach Jace Schillinger is uh, no longer on the staff. He has, according to the release by the Grizzlies today, uh, taken a position in the private sector. And he is being replaced by Bryce Erickson, son of... Friend of the show, Dennis Erickson. Uh, Dennis Erickson, well, if, if you need me to explain it to you, uh, you know, just just Wikipedia, okay? Uh, obviously, one of the all-timers in the coaching world in Dennis Erickson. Bryce Erickson has coached uh, at the college level on some staffs, but has recently been the head coach in Coeur d'Alene, at a Coeur d'Alene high school. Uh, you know, that, so he's coming straight from the high school ranks uh, to get here uh, onto the Grizzly coaching staff. But an interesting change, uh, you know, we don't have any information on terms of, you know, how this all took place, when, what the timeline was for, for Jace leaving, what the circumstances were of that. If it was just, you know, we, we don't know. We just don't know any of it. But we do know that Bryce Erickson is now on the staff at the University of Montana. This, when we thought maybe there was going to be a good chance that his pop was going to maybe be an offensive coordinator on the other side of the divide with Montana State. That obviously didn't happen. But uh, uh, Dennis Erickson has been involved with Montana State, uh, you know, recently doing things with their football program. So now his son uh, on the Grizzlies staff. Yeah, I'm trying to piece this all together. I don't know really, really any information. This was a little bit of a surprise to me when it came out today, too. And uh, usually this sort of stuff, there's rumblings around the community and things like that. But there's been literally no movement on Bobby Houck's staff. None. Until now. Yeah. And so it's definitely interesting. Uh, I don't want to speculate too much. I do know Jay Schillinger has a young family, so you never know. I mean, the coaching business is a horrendous grind at times in terms of the amount of hours you got to spend. So private sector, maybe he's moving into something that's a little bit more stable. I, I mean, guess, by, by private sector, there's only, it, it's striker, right? That's the only <laughs> option that you have right. if you're a former right. college right. football person. That's what right. you do. Regardless, we have no idea what, what Coach <laughs> Schillinger is doing, but best to him. Absolutely. Um, his brother remains on the staff, at least to my knowledge at this exact moment, Shan Schillinger. But uh, in terms of the Erickson hire, I, I find this interesting because I, do, I don't know if this is uh, – it doesn't seem like there's much crossover in the past with Coach Houck and Bryce Erickson. Bryce Erickson doesn't really – I mean, I guess he was at Idaho for a couple years, so maybe if you, you go a couple degrees – a separation. Mike Bresky is at Idaho. He has some Montana ties. He's got some you're crossover. Always, you're always trying to build the web, and you do it. Well, great I, job I know what it, I'm trying. I mean, what just, I'm trying to no, because the, the thing is in coaching, the web is like 99 percent of what it is. Right, I understand. But his dad's Dennis Erickson. That's why I'm trying to figure out if this is the ultimate Bobby Houck troll. <laughs> Bobby Houck has recruited kids out. I mean, the, who was the first person that Bobby Houck offered for the class of 2021? Not some hotshot kid in Seattle. Not some Montana Gatorade Player of the Year. Bozeman the High. long snapper from Bozeman yep. High. Yep, yep, yep. 
Bobby Houck sits up there on signing day and says, well, Bozeman High School is the easiest high school in Montana to recruit. We have recruited three guys from there, and we signed three guys from there. I love recruiting in Bozeman. When rumblings that Dennis Erickson was in the mix for the OC job at Montana State, or at the very least is going to be consulting during spring ball. I mean, he was consulting last year down the stretch. He was on the sideline during games. When, when that stuff comes out, I don't know. I mean, I see. obviously Bobby Houck is not just going to straight up reactionary hire Dennis Erickson's son to combat Dennis Erickson's presence in Bozeman, but it is a pretty funny hire that you got a guy who's the son of a Bobcat, and I think he actually even might have dabbled in playing. Uh, no, it looks like his resume says University of Miami and then went to a junior college, but regardless... It's just an interesting hire because to go from the coaching ranks, usually like the tight ends coach at Montana, that guy's going to be a tight ends coach, but he's mostly getting hired because of his recruiting abilities. That's one thing that Jay Schillinger did well. He was the Eastern Montana recruiter, which makes Mm -hmm. sense. He's from Baker. He had his ties at Dickinson State where he recruited a ton of Eastern Montana kids. Love Baker, Montana, by the way. Had wonderful time in Baker uh, summer ago, just for the record. So often you look at guys' resumes, you look at their stories, and you say, oh, that guy, I see why they hired him for this job. Regardless of his tight end acumen, he can recruit here, here, and here. Obviously, Montana wants to put a high priority on recruiting Northern Idaho. They, I mean, Coeur d'Alene is a good pipeline to have. I mean, Lake City High School. Lake City and Coeur d'Alene High are both, I mean, kids that come out of there are going to be pretty good FCS level Mm -hmm. football players, and it's closer than most of the places in Montana to Missoula. So it makes sense, but also I just thought it was it was very interesting that the son of a bobcat was was hired to replace Jay Schillinger. It is, and and also I mean, and it it without question is the lead for almost anybody, any fan, you know, hearing this news because if it was let's let's be real, if if they're you know you hire a new tight ends coach, unless it's somebody who is maybe an alum, you know, a former player or something like that. The, the the overwhelming likelihood is that 98% of people got no idea. It's just a name. It's just somebody got no idea who this person is, you know, that's coming in here. And with this, there's all of a sudden this immediate connection and sort of an understanding of, you know, the, the, the pedigree and the football sort of history and, and, you know, how much you've been around it and all that kind of stuff. And you got to think that, I mean, you would think that it would be hard to have consumed much more football than if you were the son of Dennis Erickson. I mean, that, that, that seems pretty likely. It's two tell Nuanas, one of two ninety ESPN radio. The funniest part is that, uh, even being the son of Dennis Erickson, he still probably consumed less football than every other one of his new coworkers. Well, <laughs> he's he's got I mean, what some are they time. The most, what are they the most veteran <laughs> staff in the history of football? I mean, what was the math? Eric Tabor was telling us is something like 150 plus years of cumulative experience the between football, football coaching. coaching yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. Kent Barry is entering his 43rd or 44th season as a mm-hmm. as a defensive coach. I mean, that's. It's unprecedented, quite honestly. Yeah, I mean, it's he, you're right. That's a fair point. That's a fair point. But you can only ever be however old you are. You know what I mean, Coulter? So you can't fault no, somebody true. for being whatever. It's true. I mean, we, I don't even know how old Bryce Erickson is. I mean, he could be. I mean, I I don't know. He, he, he graduated from New Mexico Highlands in 2006. Oh, okay. So ah, he's a kid. He's, he's a youngster. I'd say in his 30s. He's okay. got. I mean, time the the. Web together's got kids of the ages of nine, four, three, and one. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, so, good for him. Well, the one connection that has popped up here is that he was Idaho's quarterbacks coach 2013 through 2015, which people might scoff at that, but that was actually the pre-Mason Petrino era at Idaho. And so he coached Matt Linehan, who was an outstanding quarterback for the Vandals. He also coached Chad Chalich, who ended up then transferring from Idaho to the University of Montana. Montana. Yeah. All right. Uh, very good. Coulter, let's circle back, shall we, a little bit to the uh, uh, combine. Dante Olson, again, the numbers, if you haven't heard, did 15 reps on the bench, not good. Did 42 inches in the vertical leap, the best you could possibly do. Elite, elite. Mm-hmm. Did a 10-4 broad jump, very good. Ran a 4.8840, very bad. And then did a, this is the bizarre one. You run a 4.8840, and then you do a seven-second three-cone drill. I mean, the back-and-forth movement is really good right there on that drill. It's just a straight line speed. So, you you know, you kind of have it all, and it's all extreme. It's all, it's, there's nothing that's just okay here. It's all good or it's all bad for Dante Olson. And I want to know at the end of the day, it seemed to me, you tell me if I'm wrong, but after the combine, you felt you felt less likely or have less expectation for Dante Olson as a pro than you did before heading into the combine. Am I right about that or am I wrong? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Because uh, of the 40? Is I, it, I does it all age on the 40? I'm trying to really piece through this because I know that the majority of people listening to this show don't want to hear it, but I thought Dante Olson completely killed his chances this weekend. I think he will I, He will not get drafted. Yeah, I think, you, I think he's not going to get drafted. I agree with you. I don't think he killed his chances. I think that, honestly, okay, this, this is what I think. If you are a sixth or certainly a seventh round draft pick, potentially, it's a feather in the cap to say that you got drafted in the NFL draft. No no question about it. It's a great thing, and it certainly shows a level of uh, prioritization and stuff like that that a franchise has for you because they used a selection on you. I think it's a better situation to be a free agent if you are going to be a very late draft pick because often, almost without exception, you have multiple places that you then can choose on where it is that you want to go. And you can find the situation, you know, you and your agent, that you think maybe sets up the best for you in terms of teams that maybe have a history of developing low or or not undrafted types of players or whatever it is. Whereas, you know, you get drafted by one team, now you're in the system and, and you're just, you're in the tumble cycle now. Like, you're going to this place and you're going to do the thing. I think a guy like Tyrone Holmes would have been hugely benefited if he had not been drafted in the sixth round by the J- Jacksonville Jaguars. Sure. An unbelievable moment, but I think if he gets an opportunity to go to a place that has a history, which Jacksonville does not, of developing right. talent and 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 bringing guys along. Totally. I mean, why did it play out better for Brock Coyle than it did for Jordan it, Tripp or, jo- or Tyrone Holmes? Exactly. Exactly. It's, so, a, it's a good point, and, but here, my question for you is this. Yeah. I truly think that what I said going into this combine for weeks, I said so much of the, so many of these FCS prospects comes with a massive amount of apprehension because it's all about what you can't do. Mm-hmm. And I said, I don't think that's going to be down to so He's going to blow it out of the water. He did it for a couple drills and he absolutely did not. And w- and I will completely eat crow on that because I was dead wrong. Yeah. But, but knowing the kid and watching him compete like we have, I think that Dante Olson 
can do more reps than 15 reps. I don't think he can do 30, but I think he can do 20. And I think he can run faster than 488. Yes, I agree. I think watching him perform, he was a bundle of nerves, uh, particularly in the 40. He looked he looked tight. His form did not look good. Yeah, he, he just looked stiff. Yeah. He looked nervous. My question for you is, Dante Olson's going to have another shot at this, but did he hurt himself by going to the combine? In other words, if he wouldn't have got invited to the combine, he just had a pro day where he could work out with all his buddies, have an extra month to train, and just work out in front of the scouts would have been better off. I don't think so. I guess, I guess conversely, here's here, here, to, to bring it full circle, yeah. would Brock Coyle have run some four, sub 4.6 four at the combine? Because it's a lot easier to run that fast 40 time when you're on your home turf with your buddies cheering you on yeah. than it is when you're in your underwear with every guy in the NFL watching Yeah, of you. course, the, the pro days at Montana and Montana State are uh, in your underwear and it's 21 degrees and blowing sideways, you know? So that makes it a little harder to run the thing. True. But um, here's the thing. If you can go to the combine, you go to the combine because it's well, not... Well, I'm not saying he shouldn't have gone. No, I'm, no, just, no. I'm just asking, do you I, think it hurt him? No, I don't. And, and here's the reason. Well, in some ways, the 40 really hurts. I mean, there's no question, like, there, period, like... 488 is bad. It's slow. It's not you can't play linebacker in the NFL if that's actually the the truth. Now, I think I'm with you where I I think he's faster than that. He's shown that he's faster than that and just didn't have a good performance in that moment. The point is though is who knows what happened? I mean, you got to believe that he interviewed very very well. You got to believe that he had some interactions and got on some people's radar, you know, that he wouldn't have done. And the other thing is, you still get to do the pro day. It's not, you know, it doesn't it, this doesn't take that out. And when he does the pro day, presuming that he does it to University of Montana, the scouts that are going to come are coming to watch him specifically. And so he's already shown something where they're like, let me just see some more. Can you prove me wrong on the 40 time? Can you prove me wrong on the bench? And if he can do that, then I think it really helped him to be there, but he's got to back it up. It's, it's, it's so complicated because it's twofold, right? If he would have blown the doors off the combine, I think, Almost every team in the league shows up to Montana's pro day. Mm. As when Tyrone Holmes was there, I think twenty-seven teams were there yeah, for Tyrone Holmes. Yeah. I think twenty-eight teams were there for Jordan Tripp. As like I was telling David before the show, Brock Coyle got a better shot than he ever would have imagined getting because Jordan Tripp did so well at the combine. Right. Everybody comes to see Jordy. Oh, who's this other guy? Yeah. Well, this other guy tests just as well. But I think less teams will show up to the pro day now. Yeah. Which hurts for the other guys that are participating, mm-hmm. but the teams that maybe have an inside track that want Dante Olsen more, now they have a better chance to... I shouldn't say better chance, because they're not courting him. He's the one trying out for them. Yeah. But you know what I'm saying. The teams are going to... Well, they, really, every, every team is in competition with every other team, though. No doubt. Where were you living in 2011? Michigan. So you you that was the one time... I, I always forget. That was one time when you didn't have a, an absolute beat on on football, on the Montana Grizz. Yeah, I mean, I, I've always tracked the big sky in the state of Montana specifically, regardless of where I've been, but right, I was not, I was not in the state at that time. Caleb McSurdy, 2011 Defensive Player of the Year yep. out of Montana, not as tall or rangy as Dante Olson. To me, I'm much more of a thumper. I think Caleb McSurdy is hard-headed, hard-nosed. I think he's a lot more surly. He's a lot more of an edgy type of guy. Like, he's the type of guy that plays with a dip in, mm-hmm. right? Like, he's, yeah. he's chewing tobacco during the game. He's he's old-school guy. But McSurdy at the Combine, 
was 6'1", 245, ran a 4'9", 7", but he did 26 reps. He had a 30-inch vertical, 110 inches in the broad jump, so nowhere close to Olsen, about 14 inches short of Olsen in the broad jump, 7.26 in the three-cone drill, so a quarter of a second slower in the three-cone drill, almost right on with the 20-yard shuttle, 4.28 compared to 4.24. So sort of similar in the agility, slower in the 40, stronger in the bench, way significantly lower in the jumps. In the jumps. Caleb McSurdy was drafted. Mm-hmm. He was drafted by the Dallas Cowboys in the seventh round. Then he blew his Achilles. I think that's probably the litmus test right now for Olsen, though. I want to know. Uh, we have talked to a couple other guys from the Grizz that are going to do the pro day, and they had said if, if Olsen blows the doors off the combine, he's not going to do anything at the pro day. He's just going to come to support his teammates and you know talk to more teams. I wonder if he... Re- if he Reconsiders that. Oh, he's now. got he's got to run. He has to he's run. He's got forty. Absolutely. Leave the other drills out. Right. You don't, you don't have to jump. You don't. But but bench if you can run lift, the forty. If you can do the bench, and if you can run the forty, then 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 you got to do it. I, I think unless yeah, I mean unless you think that's what you are. But I think you got to you got to improve those things. The other thing too, Coulter, is at the end of the day, all it takes is one. Right. You just got to get one team, one scout, one guy who's like this guy is showing me something totally. that we want. I mean, totally. You talk about. Running backs, right? And we're like, okay, well, this guy got drafted first. This guy dra- got drafted eighth in terms of the position or whatever. So is he a better? But the the difference between schemes when it comes to running the football are vast. And the skill sets that you need to do, the difference between a zone blocking scheme and a man blocking scheme in the run game and what then a running back needs to be able to do from vision to cut as compared to burst and strength or whatever it might be, they're vastly different. And so you could have... Two completely different running backs that are both perfect for two very different teams. What kind of defense do you want to run? What kind of special teams do you want to run? What do you think that he has? Does he bring you something that you think other guys don't bring you or don't bring you as much of at the expense of not being as fast as other guys. Now, speed and versatility seems like it's everything, especially as a linebacker now, and that's where this seems like it's a problem to me. But all it takes is one out of 32 to go, yeah, we got to have you here. This brings me back to my question from the first segment, though. Montana's defense, their defensive scheme is so unorthodox. Dante Olsen, he has no real experience playing true 4-3 Mike linebacker and he has no real experience playing true three four inside linebacker he has no experience doing either of those because montana did not play that defense they played a two linebacker set where he plays gap to gap see ball hit ball he's great at that but no nfl team runs that you can't run that in the nfl yeah and And so that's where i'm so confused as to where does he translate because if he was six four two fifty you can say, okay, it's okay that you're a step slow. We're going to turn you into a 3-4 edge guy. Yeah. We're going to teach you how to just play with your hair on fire and come off the edge. If he, There's so many different scenarios of what he could be, but the fact that the way he's built, I just don't know what position he's going to play. I, I don't either. I don't either. Sutel Nuanas, 102.9 ESPN Radio. Come back, wrap up this show. Around the big sky. Talked about Montana, Montana State, men's and women's hoops, but... Where do they stand now and what other games took place that were important? And maybe Jabril Cox, transfer portal, leaving North Dakota State. Talk about that. Coulter, you have a business, and your business is based in the World Wide Web. Indeed I do. So I'm on my computer all the time. And if you're not online, you're not making money, and it is important to make sure that you're online and 
secure. Am I right? Absolutely. Got to be cyber safe this day and age. Well, for you business owners out there, whether you have an online business or a brick-and-mortar business, it's still running through the web. We all know that's a fact. And in today's always-on world, your business demands a simpler approach to network security. At Blackfoot Communications, they deliver state-of-the-art security solutions from the perimeter to the endpoint devices and remote data backup for businesses across the state of Montana. They do. They're keeping everybody cyber secure and ensuring that businesses run the way that they need to across the state. So ensure your company's network is online all the time. For more information, visit goblackfoot.com slash business. That's goblackfoot.com slash business. And you can click the link right here in the old podcast. We've made it so very easy for you. Go visit and find out how to keep your business or the business of people you know secure online with Blackfoot. Public service announcement? Yes. Because you uh, actually were the first one to find this. Then my mother just texted me as well. Mm. Anybody that's heading to the Northern Colorado Montana game, it's on Thursday. Your tickets say it's on Tuesday. It's not on Tuesday. It's on Thursday. Yes. The tickets say Tuesday, March 5th at Dahlberg Arena. Tuesday is not March 5th. Thursday is March 5th. It just says Tuesday. Show up to the game on Thursday. You know, that's, I said, we, we, I had a big confusing thing on this because I said, you know, they're going to play this game on Tuesday, thinking that games had been moved up because it's the final week of the season uh, because of the tournament next week, because they do that for the women's game Wednesday, Friday this week. And so I thought, okay, well, maybe they're doing a Tuesday, Thursday thing for the men's or whatever, because it says Tuesday right on the ticket. Yes. The, the tickets are misprinted for uh, the Montana home game, which is, in fact, March the 5th. Pay attention to the date, not the day. It's Thursday night. Okay. Uh, worth worth noting. Uh, Coulter, just I wanted to mention this around the big sky. First of all, weird night on Saturday. Four of the five winners in men's Big Sky Conference basketball, road teams, road winners last night. Montana State at NAU, Portland State won in Ogden, Montana won at Sacramento State, and Eastern Washington goes on the road to NAU. I mean, Coulter, we had NAU trending up. We had Eastern Washington trending down, yet they were tied for that. In fact, it was a three-way tie in terms of the, the standings for uh, of the top spot in the Big Sky Conference, and Eastern Washington goes on the road and beats Northern, Air, uh, Northern Colorado, excuse me, in Greeley. So a huge win. It was Southern Utah, by the way, the only home team to win. They beat Idaho. Uh, so Eastern Washington now all of a sudden is tied with Montana. And this is this is an odd thing, okay? If Montana and Eastern Washington end up with the same record, Montana has a tiebreak because they swept them. If Montana and Northern Colorado end up with the same record, very likely it will mean that Northern... Excuse me, Northern Colorado has a tiebreak because they've already won one, and they presumably would have won the second time, which is why they got the record back to even because now they're a game back. So uh, this is going to be a, a fun final week of, uh, of basketball. But coming off a loss for Northern Colorado, very interesting scenario now coming to Missoula to play the Grizzlies. I mean, what a two-game stretch for the Bears, right? Prove it time, certainly. Yes. I still think that Northern Colorado is the either co-best team or second-best team in the league. It's just it's so funny and so hard to analyze these teams if you don't watch them all the time. I've watched Northern Colorado six times this year, and it's been against the Grizz, the Cats, once each, yep. against Eastern Washington, twice, 
So all the times I've watched UNC play and Portland State, I watched them play. So then yeah. Utah, they played against the more talented teams. Yeah. They bring it. You just never know what these teams are like all the time, though. And I, I keep circling back around to it, but that's why the Grizz have the inside track towards their third straight title more than any other reason. They play their butts off every night. Um, one final thing, a couple final things, actually. Grizz Grace, the Coaching Tree podcast is also out. Go check that out. Larry Kristoviak, his uh, episode is out now. Listen in to him tell his stories and his life uh, in uh, in basketball, phenomenal. So it's a, a really fun podcast, uh, and uh, we're excited to have done the series. Also, as we creep up on March, tomorrow, tomorrow, okay, we're going to do the big full explanation of the Tutel and Nuanas bracket challenge. Okay, it's another our annual bracket challenge. It's up. At, it's going to be up at ESPN.com. We'll make that available to everybody tomorrow and tell you what you're playing for. You're going to have some unbelievable prizes. Uh, you're going to get some food. You're going to get some drinks. You might get some cash. You're going to get some uh, a car stuff set up, sound stuff, uh, uh, securities, whatever you want for your view. It's going to be awesome. So I just want to just keep everybody clued in because it is now March, people. We're there. Okay, welcome to March. Let's get this thing rolling. So tomorrow we're going to go through that and spend some time uh, breaking down the Tutel Nuanas Bracket Challenge at ESPN.com for you. Last thing here quickly, Coulter, Jabril Cox put his name in the transfer portal. He was the Missouri Valley Football Conference Defensive Player of the Year at North Dakota State. Two years in a row, right? Is that right? Maybe I'm pretty sure he's been back. or Maybe he's won the award twice in his career. I think he's won it twice, though. Finished fourth in the voting for uh, a buck uh, for the Buck Buchanan, and he finished third with the Bison in tackles. He was was he just a sophomore this past season? So he's going into his junior. No, no, year? He, he's, he's going, going into, into his senior, senior year. year. Okay, yeah. but nonetheless, I mean, one of the absolute dominant players on the best team in the country, and he's out. So, well, he's not necessarily out. You can enter in the transfer portal in. and still come back, but he's exploring his options. Okay. Well, he's, the, he's the biggest recruit they've ever gotten. So it's an amazing thing. We'll see if and where he lands. Boys and girls, have a wonderful rest of your Monday. We'll see you tomorrow. Whether you're traveling to Missoula for business, a family visit, or to watch the Grizz game, the Wingate wants to be your home away from home. Call the Wingate to find out how we can take care of your next trip to Missoula. From conference rooms to great complimentary breakfast to an indoor water park, we have what you need and what you want when traveling. The Wingate of Missoula is a proud supporter of Grizzly and Lady Grizz Athletics, and we look forward to making you feel at home when you're not. Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia? When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org.